Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's very special guest is Kate Lyman. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, we were just chatting a little bit off air about what you do and some of your experiences, but I wonder if you could share with our audience what it is that you do and how you help your clients. Yeah, I am a nutrition coach and I work with a lot of clients, a lot of clients who are busy professionals who are close to that point of burnout. I work with them in a one-on-one capacity offering highly individualized nutrition coaching. So we're taking a very broad look at their nutrition and their goals, but factoring in lifestyle and stress and how sleep and nutrition and movement and work stress and life stress and all these different various factors um, factor into their overall health and how we can get them moving towards specific goals, whether that's like, you know, an athlete wanting to perform better or a busy working mom wanting to pursue fat loss goals, whatever that is, we're working within the constraints of life because life happens. (laughs) So finding ways to prioritize nutrition and fueling ourselves correctly without having to give up time or time with family or foods we love or things like that. Mm, Excellent. Sounds like a very busy but rewarding kind of work, kind of job. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So how did you get into this space? So it was a little bit of both experience, personal experience and education. I have worked in fitness for a long time since high school. Actually, I was a CrossFit trainer in high Mm -hmm. school and through college. And I was working in exercise science in school and learning about nutrition. And then I went on to grad school and learned about public health, nutrition and education and behavioral health. And Mm -hmm. along the way, I also had a lot of really powerful personal experiences where I was coming from this this background of almost like disordered eating of of chronic dieting of always trying to eat less and work out more and feeling like very stuck with like hey i i am a trainer in a gym why don't i look like i work out i'm hungry all the time but i wouldn't let myself eat and i was kind of stuck in that that cycle of like eating clean on the weekdays and then the weekend came around and i would like binge on chocolate and bread or whatever it was, you know, and jars of peanut butter. So I was struggling with my nutrition on my own. And even if with learning about it in school, like it wasn't really clicking for me until I got a coach who, you know, having this outside perspective of someone being like, whoa, 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 slow down. Let's take a step back and look at what's going on. And having her give me direction in my life saying like, look, you've been under eating and like starving yourself for so long. Let's work on fueling you more mm-hmm. so that you can perform better in the gym so that you can perform better at school and in your job and in all these different aspects of life. And it was, it was like, I'm not being hyperbolic. It was completely transformative, like in the way I felt mm-hmm. and the way I performed in all facets of life. So that kind of sparked interest in coaching myself. And I, you know, just adjusted my studies because I was this, this I was about twenty when this happened when I started work with my first coach. So still an yeah. undergrad, and just adjusted my studies and kind of 
leaned into the nutrition education. And so I am a nutrition coach, but I also produce a lot of nutrition education and content and I um, have a background in research. So I have uh, done a lot of nutrition education research and behavioral health and nutrition research. And so all of those have kind of just come together into being kind of a multifaceted coach who works with clients who are kind of coming from the same background of like chronic dieting, having always been onto the next yo-yo diet, but mm. also have a life to live and want to fuel that life better. Yeah. So being a, a CrossFit trainer or any kind of fitness instructor, I'd imagine would put a lot of pressure on yourself to feel like you're looking up to whatever it was you were supposed to be teaching others. So how did that go for you having such high expectations of self and then feeling like you weren't living up to them? Yeah, it was really hard. I was like, I think it really impacted my ability as a trainer to like kind of step into the confidence of the things I knew because I'd been doing this for years, you know, like I knew my stuff and always had a little bit of imposter syndrome surrounding being a trainer because of the way I looked. And also a lot of this is me being harder on myself, right? Because I wasn't I was fit, you know, but I I didn't look the way I wanted. And I think it was a lot of excess pressure and it made me doubt my knowledge as a trainer, which is, Mm. as we know, infinitely more important than what you look like. Absolutely. And do you think that excess pressure came from what the expectations of the industry were? Or do you think it was just yourself saying, you know, I need to look like this, I need to be more, I need to do more, I need to fit this mold of what I should be looking like? I think it was totally me because I didn't have any, you know, coworkers or bosses or anyone at the gym being like, "Hey, I, you know, I could listen to you if you looked fitter." <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have that, so I think it was it was all me and even in my beginning years of being a nutrition coach, I felt that same pressure like, "Oh, to be a coach helping people with primarily fat loss goals, like I need to look lean. And then, you know, it took time. It was a learning experience to recognize, no, like I'm teaching people. There's seasons of our nutrition, times where we are focusing on aesthetics and times where we're in full survival mode, just fueling to get through life, to address the responsibilities we have in the best way possible. So I'd rather be a representative of that and, and show that like, look, I'm working on building my business right now. My aesthetics aren't my top priority. My performance is my top priority fueling myself to be a successful businesswoman is my top priority. And that looks a little different. Mm, Amazing. Uh, And you spoke to so many truths there, especially the part about survival mode. We all go through these phases in life where we are just, you know, it's fight or flight. We're just trying to get through and we're just doing what we can to manage and cope with whatever the challenge is at the time. So how do you work with clients in really unraveling that kind of challenge that they're facing and and the things that are holding them back. Yeah. So I I think one of the biggest things we talk about is like, how can we take your nutrition, your health, and make this a source of stress relief rather than just another stressor you're dealing with? Like, Mm -hmm. how can we simplify your nutrition? How can we simplify the healthy habits you want to create and make them more habitual over like, oh, I have to do this today or like, mm-hmm. I have to do this perfectly so that you're rolling through life, practicing these habits that contribute to your nutrition, contribute to your goals in a way that is taking stress 
off of your plate instead of adding more pressure to all the other things we're dealing with because life is stressful. And let's think of like this last year as an example and what we're still going through right now. It's 2021. We're still going through the effects of this global pandemic. And, um, you know, there's things we can't control like a global pandemic, but there's things we can control like how we fuel our bodies and, and how we implement small actions, like just the decision to move on a 10 minute walk when we can't make it to the gym one day and those controlling those controllables Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Yeah. Someone actually said that to me recently, control the controllables and just focus on that. And I hadn't actually heard it put as simply as that before. So I love that you've just said that again now. So what do you do when you come across a client that's really stuck in a rut that is feeling that overwhelm and like you said, you know, exercise or managing their health and wellness is just another thing on the to-do list? How do you kind of change that mindset so it can be something they look forward to, something that's, you know, habitual as you said and, and something that's truly enjoyable so they can feel like it's not yet another thing to have to deal with? Yeah, a lot of times we're going to really open up a conversation and say like, Hey, like what about this feels so hard right now? Because it's not just everything. There's something that's a barrier to what you're feeling, you know? And a lot of times the solution, it could be temporary or not, looks like taking a step back from having all these high expectations for ourselves. And a lot of times I'll work with a client and we'll work on setting minimums or non-negotiables. We call them either one, but we'll say, Hey, like, what are some minimums you can stick to every day? You're so overwhelmed. You know, you have work and family responsibilities and stress from volunteering for this organization and you're not sleeping well and, and whatever it is. Like, can we set a minimum of you drinking a hundred ounces of water a day? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even talking about your food. I'm just saying, can you can you hit this water minimum? Can you say, hey, I'm gonna cut off my electronic time at 9 p.m. I'm not saying go to bed at 9 p.m., but maybe you're going to get a little extra rest if we have this hard cutoff time. Can you sit down for your meals? I'm not saying you have to eat anything specific. I'm saying you're not grazing or like panic eating at the counter or out of the fridge or off the pantry. You're seated and being a little more intentional, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'll work on these minimums to really take the pressure off of this idea that everything needs to be perfect in order to create progress. And that right there, so some people are not very receptive because it's too easy. You know, yeah. it's like that's not hard enough. Like we want, we want meeting goals to be miserable. It's like this strange reality that we yeah. live in. But sometimes, sometimes we're not functioning at the capacity to do all the things, and so we need to set some non-negotiables for ourselves. And and they really work. The yeah. thing is, like. People lean into like, oh, you know, when I stay hydrated and sit down to eat my meals, I'm being more intentional with my food choices. And actually, I am getting into bed earlier. And do you know what? More sleep feels good. And I feel better in mood, in energy, in performance, in my ability to make decisions in all of these things. Yeah. So I guess you know, baby steps is still progress, but even though Mm -hmm. they're feeling like, you know, they don't have these action steps to go and take and this big homework to do that's, you know, going to be a source of stress or frustration for them, they're feeling like, you know, that action isn't big enough. But in fact, it's actually everything to get them in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Wow. So what about yourself, Kate? How do you manage your own overwhelm if you feel like something's creeping in? How do you manage stress? So I I am um, someone who's naturally inclined to be more stressed. I'm like a higher stress person just naturally. I've, yeah. I've been this way since like middle school. I can remember it when I started stressing about homework and things like that. Yeah. But I have my own non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. And I, I recently moved from the United States to Mexico. And that yeah. has been a very stressful process in itself to continue to work and to navigate life in a new language and to, you know, find a place to live and move to a different country and all these things. And I, I follow my own advice. I, you know, I make sure I get movement in a day and I am someone who usually goes to the gym every day. And that hasn't happened in like a month because of moving. So I go on a walk or I like do a few squats while I listen to a podcast, (laughs) you know, something I just get moving. Um, I have uh, this uh, non-negotiable rule for myself, whether I'm eating at home or eating out, which we've been doing a lot more of, to have like an identifiable protein and a vegetable at every meal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no other stipulations that what my meal has to look like, but I have to have a protein and a vegetable there. Yeah. And, and then I hit my water goal. And um, I find that that these methods of taking care of my physical body are... Direct, directly related to that overwhelm. When I am mm. feeling physically better, I am able to tackle the overwhelm of tasks ahead of me with so much more confidence and so yeah. much more efficiency than when I'm trying to do everything perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be massive moving, you know, to a whole new country, not just uh, a couple of towns away, but right. <laughs> so much, especially at this time. So what instigated the move? It has been something I've wanted to do for so long. So like the past five-ish years, I've wanted to move to Mexico and wow. uh, it took my husband a while to get on board. And then it took me a while to grow my business to a place where that was feasible. Yeah. And, um, you know, the middle of a global pandemic was not the most ideal <laughs> timing, <laughs> but we also had this uh, recognition that, you know, there's never really going to be good timing. I think that's true mm. in every aspect of our lives. Like something's always going to come up. Maybe it's not always this dramatic, but something's always sure. going to come up. So just, we just went for it and it's been awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Good on you for actually doing it and taking the leap. Yeah, it's been cool. So good. So, what are you really grateful for in your life right now? I am just overwhelmingly grateful for my clients. I love them. I love working with them. I I work a lot, but I love it so much that it feels fun still. Yeah. And uh, ne- next next month, April will be six years of my business. And while I have had harder times, obviously, uh, haven't we all? You know, I have. I have loved it the whole time. And I think that makes Mm. everything a lot better. I'm very grateful for it. I'm grateful for my coaches. I have team coaches. I have um, five coaches that work with me with their own clients. I'm grateful for them because they're incredible. And uh, we live all over the place, but together Mm. we've formed a really close-knit and wonderful team all doing the same thing. And And I'm very grateful for living in Mexico. It's beautiful here. And the food is unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I bet. It'd be amazing. 
you spoke about some of the harder times in business and as a business owner, I can absolutely relate. But can you share a couple of those tougher times, what they were like and how you got through it? Yeah, for me, the, you know, the closest I've been to burnout, and I think I would call it burnout. It was a, it was a short period of time, but 2017, I was... So I, I started my nutrition coaching business when I was still in grad school. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like a side gig for a while. But I had a website. I had paying clients. I had income generated from it. Um, and then I graduated with my master's degree and I went on to a PhD program. And I was still trying to do both at the same time. And I was burning the candle from both ends. I was dying. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. trying to care for my clients and take care of them and coach them the best I could. But also I was working as a research assistant and in a PhD program. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was at this point where I was just working all of these different responsibilities from a state of total and utter depletion. And it was like so unsustainable. And I had to choose like, am I going to pursue this doctorate degree or am I going to pursue my business? And I hated the doctorate program. Like, <laughs> did not like it. It was not a good fit for me. Yeah. I'm someone who loves school, but this program was not a good fit. And I loved my business. And it was still a hard decision because, you know, I'd work really hard to get to that point. Yeah. And I had to quit school. I had to quit school and I had to just choose one. And I chose um Kate Lyman Nutrition. I chose my nutrition business. And it sounds like it would be an easy decision, but it just wasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't, but I had to let go of something. I couldn't do it all at the same time. Yeah. And uh that that was a really hard point. And I had to say, like, okay, well, this has been a side gig. Can I make this a full-time business? And that was mm-hmm. hard as well. Um, and then, you know, about a year later, I, I recognized that I was hitting a ceiling as a coach with one-on-one clients. You know, there's only there's only so much growth available. You can't just keep piling on the clients if you don't have the the space and energy for them. And I mm. have always wanted to keep a smaller client load just to to really care for these clients of mine. So that was another hard point. I was, you know, I had too many clients. I couldn't take care of myself at that point either. Yeah. That led to hiring more coaches and just one at a time, but it was a really good decision. Mm. Um, but those were definitely times where I was like trying to function from a source of depletion. I wasn't always making myself a priority as much as I should have. Yeah. And when you're giving people in this in coaching, when you're giving people so much of your energy and so much of your time and so much of your thought, and you're you know putting time into them with weekly check-ins, but thinking about them outside of the week too, like you have to have a little bit more balance and time for yourself as well. Mm, it must be hard having boundaries in place when you are so deeply connected to helping your clients with their own definitely. Health yeah, be really tough. Yeah. So what was that turning point for you when you decided, you know, something's going to give at school or it's the business? How did, what was it? Was there something, was there a particular point where you just went, no, enough is enough. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. I was crying like every day, all day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my husband was like, you have to do something here. Like you can't live like this. And I am, um, I I am not quick to to 
to quit or give up on something. And I know it wasn't that. Like now I can recognize like I wasn't quitting. Well, I I, I mean, I did quit. I wasn't just giving up on this dream. Like that was a good decision. But at the time, it just straight up felt like quitting. I was like, I'm a quitter and I can't do this. And, you know, so-and-so said I wasn't, I was going to quit the program and now they're right. And I said, no, so yeah. Yeah. But like, I think everyone else in my family was looking at, and my close friends were like, you need to like, you need to figure this out because you can't just be miserable and not sleep and work, you know, 18 hours a day and, Mm. you know, not even like feel fulfilled from your work because you have too many other things going on and whatnot. So like it was very clear to everyone else, but it just took it took time for me to get on board as well. I think yeah. it was a lot of that fear. Yeah, absolutely. And and back to those expectations of self that you were supposed to be, you know, a certain way and and have this particular part of your life completed or yeah. Must have been really tough. Yeah. It was very hard. Like I, I really wanted to be doctor. I really wanted that doctor. I wanted the title. I wanted to do it. And you know, when I went into that program, I didn't think, I thought, okay, I will continue KLN through school as a source Mm -hmm. of income and because I love it, but then I'm going to be a professor. Like I didn't even think, Mm -hmm. you know, at that point that being a nutrition coach as a full-time job was even a possibility. So mm. it wasn't even it wasn't even on my radar until I had to like really stop and look at the oppor- yeah. at the options and opportunities ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you've had you, you've obviously got quite a few uh, achievements under your belt and um to get to the point where you are in in a relatively short amount of time is quite impressive. So What's one of the things that you're most proud of in your journey so far? I think, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is actually asking for a lot of help. That was the case with hiring my first coach. It was very scary to let go of some of the control I had in my business, you know, and not not even letting go of the control, but just giving a part of it to someone else. Mm. And then it happened again with my next coach. And then I had you know, too many administrative type tasks and had to hire a virtual assistant. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have the money for this and such. But you know, that resulted in me having more time to do more things that made money. Yes, of (laughs) course. Asking for a business coach, going to therapy, getting another virtual assistant, getting another coach, things like, you know, opportunities that allowed me to let go of control and ask for help and be okay with other people you know, taking on responsibilities alongside me have been pivotal. Absolutely. And I'm very proud of that because I'm not, you know, if you would have told me this like 10 years ago, like you're going to not, you're going to let people do things for you. I'd been like, no way. (laughs) I've got it. I've got it all on my own. You know, I don't need anyone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, there's, there's that fear of letting go and there's that fear of, but if I'm not doing it, someone's not going to do it as well as, you know, if I was doing it. But there's also a huge trust factor there in in yourself, you know, being able to let go and in the person you're delegating to. And that, that can be really, really tough. Just asking for help altogether can be hard sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's huge. Good on you. So finally, Kate, what's one piece of advice that you'd share with someone who's listening today who's stuck in a bit of a rut themselves or, 
you know, just on that point where they're almost in burnout, what would you say to them? You know, I've been thinking about this because when someone asks me what my my number one tip is regarding yeah. nutrition, like if I'm doing a nutrition interview yeah. um, or we're talking nutrition, I always say consistency over perfection. Mm-hmm. And I think that still applies perfectly to what we're talking about here today. I think um, if we focus on consistent actions, like those minimums I talked about, on yeah. consistent little actions over feeling like we have to do everything perfectly, we can keep ourselves from this point of burnout where we're mm-hmm. not even able to function and do things even half perfectly because we're working from this point of depletion. So um, I, I think it applies in our nutrition. I think it applies in all aspects of our health and how we care for our physical bodies. But I think it also absolutely applies in our mental and emotional health and in our work lives and in our relationships and in every aspect of how we live. And we can live so much better and lives that are so much more full when we just focus on being consistent in our actions rather than uh, beating ourselves up if we're not perfect or mm. striving for perfection that may not be even moderately feasible in the first place. Perfect. I love it. Thanks so much for your time today, Kate. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.